Here at Doxedo Bloom, we're excited about making disciples who impact the city and nations. We hope you enjoy today's message. But let me just throw this out there. I don't think New Year's resolutions are that bad. I'm, I'm for it if you want to be healthier this year. I'm for it if you want your bank balance to grow. Then study and work and make it grow and use it to bless the city for the kingdom of God. Because I'm going to throw out a guess, and I think I might be like accurate, if I'm honest. So I'm going to ask you to put up your hand if this does apply to you. And I know that you should put up your hand because Abel already prayed about it as well before the service started. But who of you, somewhere over your December holiday or like Christmas time or even the past few weeks when you realized it was January, who of you prayed, not just that, hopefully you did, but who of you prayed or thought or wished or just even kind of decided somewhere, maybe, possibly, you would like to know Jesus better this year. I'll put up my hand first. Suckers, we all made a New Year's resolution. We all probably thought that at some point, and even if you didn't think that at some point over the last few weeks, I'll, I'll put money on the table that you're thinking that now. I saw a whole bunch of you putting up your hands going, that's me this year. I actually, I want to grow in my relationship with God this year. And that's me as well, friends. I do not want to experience Jesus the same way that I did a few weeks ago, and it was still 2019. That would be stupid, because that's how we often think about New Year's resolutions. We make big promises, we hope for the world to change, and then we change nothing in and of ourselves. The very definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, but trusting for a different result. What do I mean by this? That means if you, like me, Somewhere over the past few weeks, if you decided or wished or hoped or prayed that you might know Jesus better in the year 2020, that implies that certain things need to change. The way we approach our relationship with God has to change. The way I approach my prayer life has to change in 2020. The way I approach my community or my church or my Bible reading time, it has to change if I hope to know Jesus better this year. And I know that's me, and I know that's a whole bunch of you. And I think Brent did so brilliantly last week when he kicked off our series. And basically, in a nutshell, he shared about before we start with all these do's, you know, before I start doing things and making myself better and losing the weight, you know, and reading my Bible more, before we start with all of those things, we need to start with the person, Jesus. We need to start with him. He is the beginning. He's the end. He's the middle point. He is the reason why we do all of these things. And he spoke about, you know, focusing on the who before we start focusing on the do of this year. And tonight is actually going to be an incredibly practical night because tonight we're going to share a message with you about the wisdom to know. What do I mean by that? I mean making decisions in this year that will enable you to love Jesus more, which I think all of us want to do. Making decisions that will enable you to connect to this local church. Making decisions that will enable you to hear his voice so that you can actually mean something for this church and for this city. Is that cool with you guys? Is this, am I like preaching to you? You agree with me? Yes, Aiden, I want to know Jesus more this year. Share the wisdom with me. We're going to do that, but before we do that, let's quickly pray. 
Father, thank you for your goodness. And Jesus, we pray that you would speak, that you would minister to us tonight, and that your name would be glorified. Amen. We're talking about decision-making tonight, making wise decisions that will set you up for a year where you actually grow deeper and wider into your relationship with God and the people around you. But why is decision-making so dang hard? Can I quickly see anyone 30 and younger in the crowd tonight? So I know we have a whole bunch of different people, but 30 and younger in the crowd tonight. I read an interesting article saying that we, 30 and younger, we are the most indecisive generation in the history of the world. Why? Because we have so many options. Think about it. From travel, to food, to entertainment, to hobbies, to your profession, to healthcare. We have at this moment so many options to just do life with. And that can get tough sometimes. That means you and I, we need wisdom just to get through life. Should we do this? Should we do that? Should I study this? Should I move here? Should I pursue that guy or that girl? Or what should I do with my life? We, you and I, we need wisdom to get through life. And here is the punchline right at the start for this entire evening. It's not gonna be a secret. I'm going to throw it out there right at the start. Here is the punchline. You and I, we need wisdom if we want to love Jesus better and more and deeper in this year. Please turn your Bible to 1 Kings chapter 3. We're going to spend some time in the Word. We love reading Bible in this church. So whether you follow on your phone, your app, or your actual paperback, uh, remember to bring your Bible with you to church on a Sunday. It's so important. Um, but if you forgot, don't feel bad. It's going to be on the screen for you as well. But 1 Kings chapter 3 actually has a really cool story. So imagine waking up one night, all comfy in your bed, wearing your favorite pajamas, and you wake up and standing before your bed is the God of heaven. He's right there. He's in front of you. You're like super awkward because your pajamas are like old and may have a hole or two here and there. But imagine the God who created the universe, the one who put you together, rocks up in your bedroom one evening. He stands in front of you and he says, Jessica, not just Jessica, or he says Cornell or Christo or Carmia or Dalton or whoever. And he says, ask, ask me anything and I'll give it to you. What would you say? Wealth, Lord. Money, Lord. A call, Lord. My degree, Lord. Stuff the varsity. I don't want to study. Just give me my degree. Set me up for success. A wife, Lord. A husband, Lord. A six-pack, Lord, like on my stomach, not one that I can drink. The real deal. Give me that, Lord. What would you say? First Kings chapter 3 tells us this very same story. The God of heaven, the one who created the universe, he appears to a man named Solomon. Solomon knew God. He followed God faithfully. He knew God intimately and personally. And this actually happens the one evening. God appears to him and he says, Solomon, ask, what should I give you? Anything, name it, and it's yours. And what is Solomon's response? You can read it on the screen, but it says in verse 9, Solomon replied, he said, give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well. 
and know the difference between right and wrong. What? Solomon could ask for anything, anything, death to his enemies, more wives, more wealth, you know, more anything. The six-pack he's dreamed of all his life. And he ends up asking the Lord for wisdom. Why? Because that's the crux of tonight. That's the punchline. If you want to serve God better, if you want to love him more in this year, if you want to make your life actually matter, not just in this year, but for the rest of your years to come, you and I need wisdom, friends. We need wisdom in order to follow God better, to love him more. How do we do that? I'm going to share with you three incredibly practical principles. It's going to be quick. It's going to be easy. And then we're going to care and fellowship because that's actually why we are here as well. But firstly, we get wisdom by walking. <laughs> Quickly say to your friend, you walk for wisdom. So you can say that to them. What do we mean by this? Proverbs 13 verse 20 says the following, The one who walks with the wise will become wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. We all know this, and we all know the saying, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. I love the imagery used in this verse. It says, if you want wisdom, if you want to grow in your relationship with God this year and all the years to come, if you want to actually make your life matter now and forevermore, walk with the wise and you will become wise. It doesn't say go and interview them once in your lifetime somewhere to get some tips or tricks, you know, to do the whole Christianity thing. No, it says walk with the wise. What does that mean? That means do life with them. Do community with them. Give your life to people who actually follow Jesus as well. Because when you start spending time with people who know God and who follow him, they start sort of rubbing off on you. They make you love Jesus more. And I'm going to pause here for a moment. and I'm going to speak about the community groups in our church. If you have been part of our church for more than one week, you would have heard somewhere that we love community groups. We love them. Why do we love them? Because we eat and social every Wednesday night. That's part of it, definitely. But that's not the reason why we love community groups. We love community groups because that is ground zero, friend. If you and I are serious about growing this year in your faith, about following Jesus better, about serving this church more effectively, about making a bigger and a better impact in this city, and actually growing to love Him more, and you are not in a community group, ah, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. If you, like me, put up your hand at the start saying, I want to love Jesus better this year. I want to know him more. I actually want to experience him speaking to me when I open up my Bible. I actually want to hear him minister to me. I actually want to feel him leading me and guiding me this year. And you are not in a community group. Now is the time to join a community group. That's one of the ways you can grow in wisdom, actually, this year, to know Jesus better. I was saved at a fairly young age. I was 13. And um, I realized at that stage that the friends I had around me, they weren't necessarily helping me love Jesus more. They were like doing the opposite, making me not love Jesus. So I decided something needs to change. So I made a friend at church, at this local church, by the name Anya Okam. Many of you would know her as well. 
But she became my friend. And I, well, in my brain, she became my friend. But in her brain, I kind of like became a little Christian stalker for like a few years, all right? But I realized this chick, she has wisdom. She can actually help me grow in my relationship with God. I have to spend time with her. So I started bombarding poor Anya with a whole bunch of questions about life and faith and meaning and how to hear God's voice. And she started rubbing off on me. And we became good friends at the end. Praise Jesus. And I want to say, if you know, if you see those people here at church on Sunday, the wise, not wise in their own ways, but the wise as in those that know Jesus, those that follow Jesus, those that can help you to know and follow Jesus, start spending time with them. It's as simple as that. The promise is walk with the wise and you will become wise. That doesn't mean we reject our friends that do not know Jesus yet. Remember, disclaimer, quickly, we love them. We love them passionately. We love them into the church. But those that influence you, those that shape you, those that mold the way you approach life, they need to love Jesus because that's how you will grow to love Jesus more and better in this year. Walk with the wise. Secondly, we grow in wisdom by asking. Asking. Can I get a quick show of hands? Who of you actually like it when your prayers get answered, right? It's a lot of fun, eh? Like you randomly sit somewhere in your room or in your car, in your office or in your classroom. You say a few sentences, not really sure what happens to them once they come out of your mouth. They go somewhere into cosmic space and somehow they, they reach the Lord and you're not really sure what happens after that. But when they get answered, man, what a rush. It's like, whoa, I prayed for a job and I got a job. What a rush. Or man, I prayed for that wife or that husband and I actually got him or her. Wow, what a rush. We love it when our prayers get answered. Now, who of you would actually like a prayer that has, that has a 100% guaranteed yes waiting for you once you've prayed that prayer? Anybody? I want that kind of prayer. A prayer that has a guaranteed, foolproof, no returns, yes answer waiting for you once you have prayed that prayer. James 1 verse 5 says the following. If any of you lacks wisdom, ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to you. How incredible is that? You and I, we have a 100% no returns, guaranteed yes answer waiting every time you and I ask the Lord for wisdom. Wisdom to make big life decisions. Wisdom to grow in your faith. Wisdom to grow in the love in your heart that you have towards Him. The answer is yes. If you pray that prayer, the answer is yes. We grow in wisdom. We grow in our love and our affection for our Father when we ask for it, when we ask for the wisdom to know and to love Him better. You see, wisdom is not running to God when you're in trouble and you need a quick fix. That's not wisdom. Wisdom is day by day, week after week, month in and month out, year after year, consistently growing in your faith in Jesus. How? By spending time with Him. It's as simple as that, friends. By reading His Word. 
by spending time with his people here at church, on a com- at a community group, on our outreaches, wherever. We grow in our faith. We grow in our wisdom to love Jesus more by spending time with him. How incredible is that? And he loves to share his wisdom with you and me. Just saying. It says he gives wisdom without reproach. It means he gives it with no, like, TNCs applied. <laughs> he gives it away. He gives you wisdom to know him better and to know him more. Want to love Jesus better this year? Want to love him more? Want to grow in your faith this year? Ask for wisdom. Ask for the wisdom to make wise decisions that will put you in a place where you actually grow in your faith. And then lastly, how do we grow in wisdom? We decide. How practical is that? We decide. You want wisdom? Want wisdom to love Jesus more? Walk. Ask. Decide. What do I mean by decide? You see, when facing difficult decisions, we would love it if the skies could just kind of like open up and an angel of the Lord would kind of appear, you know, he would like float down on this little cloud that shimmers and shines. And the angel would say to you, son or daughter, you shalt maketh this decision, the Lord hath spoken, because the Lord always speaks in King James Version, apparently. But we would love it if that was the case. When facing decisions, how many of you have prayed that? Lord, just speaketh to your servant. I am listening right on the wall. Do like a sky writing with clouds. Make a donkey speak to me. Just something, Lord. But he doesn't do that. If he's, do- if he's done that with you, please come and share that story with me. I would love to hear it. But like 99% of the time, that doesn't happen, eh? No. Instead, what does he do? God invites us into relationship with him. And relationships don't always work like that, right? It's not like a do this, do that. You sh- I don't speak to Neil in the mornings going, you shalt maketh coffee. Or otherwise the wrath of Aden will descend with fire and brimstone upon you. No, we are in a marriage relationship. He knows that his wifey needs coffee in the morning. So he gets up with the biggest love in his heart and he grinds and he boils the kettle and he makes the coffee because he knows, he decided, she needs it. And I love him for it. And that's what God often does. He invites us into relationship and he invites you to decide, to make a choice, to make a decision when facing one. And he doesn't completely abandon us then to our own free will, you know, our own thoughts or nothing. No, because he gives us his word, he gives us his spirit, and he gives us his people to help us actually make wise decisions that will make you and me love Jesus better in this year. Does that mean that you will never face uncertainty? You will never have any doubts when facing a decision? No, it doesn't mean that. I think we can all agree that the Apostle Paul, if you read anything in the New Testament, you would have read the name Paul a few times. He was a pretty legit guy. Killed a bunch of Christians, had a radical salvation, planted a whole bunch of churches, ended up dying for his faith. We can all agree Paul was a pretty legit guy. 
Paul faced uncertainty at times. Let me give you an example. 1 Thessalonians 3 verse 1 says, When we could stand it no longer, Paul writing, We thought it was better to be left alone in Athens. So we sent Timothy, our brother, to strengthen and encourage you. Get this, an angel of the Lord did not appear to Paul to help him with this decision. No, he simply thought it was better. He made a decision. Did he do that by himself? No, because by this point, Paul had years of relationship with God, intimacy with his father, fellowship with the Holy Spirit, and a whole bunch of cool Christian brothers and sisters around him to actually help him make this decision, even though he was uncertain, even though he didn't really know, will it pay off? I don't know. Let's send Timothy. He's a nice guy. Let him go strengthen and encourage the churches that we can't visit. Paul faced uncertainty. You and I, we will face uncertainty, but we need wisdom. How do we get it? We walk, we ask, and we decide. Now, you might be thinking, okay, Aiden, that's great, but what if I make the wrong decision? What if I'm facing something massive and I need to choose something or I need to make a certain decision? And what if I make the wrong decision? Well, guess what? If you make the wrong decision, what do you get? Wisdom. It's like a foolproof plan. Think about that person you often ask for advice. Think about that person, whether it's a parent or a pastor or a community group leader or a grandfather or a grandmother even. But we all have that one person that we ask for advice often, and they just like seem to know everything. They seem to have it all figured out. They seem to know so much. They share their wisdom often. Why? Because, friends, they have a lifetime of mistakes and wrong decisions <laughs> that gave them wisdom along the way. Do you want wisdom to love Jesus better? Do you want wisdom to hear his voice more clearly this year? Walk Ask and decide. Decide to follow Jesus. Why is wisdom so important? Why do we preach about wisdom? Because wisdom, trust me, does have the power to completely change the trajectory of where your life is going. I'm going to end off with a story. As I've mentioned, I was saved at a fairly young age. I was 13 years old. I came out of a very non-religious family, so I had no idea what church was. I had no idea how many books in the Bible and where to even get one. And I had no friends following Jesus at that stage. But one night when I was 13, I was on a youth camp. I had a powerful salvation moment. Jesus revealed himself to me. I wept on the floor for what felt like hours, and I stood up a different person. And that very same night that I got saved, I actually experienced the Lord speaking to me about going into full-time ministry one day and eventually preaching. Now, that was 12 years ago. So for a 13-year-old girl, 12 years ago in the cultural setting, that was the most radical thing I'd ever heard at that stage. I was like, really? <laughs> ministry? Oh, are girls even, like, allowed? Like, shouldn't we just be in the background, you know, with babies and, like, kitchenware and, like, you know? I was like, sure, really? Is that even a thing, God? I was 13. This was the very first thing God ever spoke to me about. I was like, whoa. But I had faith. I was like, oh, okay, cool. If it's that, is that, I'll then do that one day. Maybe we'll see how life ends up. So naturally, 
I started doubting along the way because I'm I just started high school, so it's not like I'm gonna drop out of high school, you know, become a martyr for Jesus, you know, and give my life for some church somewhere. I had to go through high school still. And naturally I started doubting along the way. I started wondering, sure, did I really hear the Lord? Did God really say? What if I heard wrong? Are girls even allowed? Like, shouldn't we be at the back with babies and kitchenware? I needed wisdom. This was a major life decision. I needed wisdom as to what profession will I pursue for the rest of my life? So what did I do? Well, firstly, because my prayer life was shocking at that stage, I started surrounding myself with people who love the Lord. I started walking with the wise. And thank goodness for two of the most wisest people I know. I mentioned them, Joe and Shay Struthout. I started walking closely with them. I like sat with them in their home. We cared and we ate food together and I changed their babies' nappies and, and all of that. And through relationship with them, they actually started seeing the same thing in me, a calling for ministry. And they started confirming that thing. They started calling that thing out in me. And I was like, okay, sure, maybe, maybe I should pursue something of ministry as a career. And as I grew in my faith, as I grew in my wisdom, because I was walking with those who knew the Lord, I read one day in James 1 verse 5, that when we pray and we ask for wisdom to make decisions, God gives it. There's a yes, guaranteed answer. I was like, sure, cool, I'll try that. So I started praying, Lord, if this is really you, if I'm experiencing really your voice, please give me the wisdom to make the right decision. Amen. Thank you. And what happened after that? Did an angel appear? No. I wish. That would have been amazing. Did my bedroom ceiling open up and God descended like a dove onto me to say, thou shalt pursueth ministry? No. But I prayed. I asked for wisdom. And then what did I do? I decided. I decided. I was like, okay, well, I'm walking with the wise. The people around me that love Jesus, my community around me, they actually agree with this thing. Cool. I prayed about it, and the word says that God gives wisdom. Cool. I prayed about it, so I believe in faith. I now have wisdom. So I made a decision. I decided to pursue a career in ministry. Twelve years later, here we are, folks. That was like a sort of an applaud moment, sure. It's like, but that, just to be honest, that is one of many stories I can share with you tonight about when I needed wisdom to make better decisions to help me love Jesus more. When I, should have, when I had to decide to move to a different country or not, I needed wisdom. When I had to decide whether or not I should marry the man that I am now married to, I needed wisdom. And I begged for it from a whole bunch of people and from the Lord. And I decided, want wisdom to grow in your faith this year? Do you want wisdom to make decisions that will put you in a place where you can better hear his voice? where you can actually experience him speaking to you day by day, want wisdom to actually better serve this church, want wisdom to actually make a lasting impact in our city, walk, ask, and decide. I'm going to invite the worship team, if that's all right. As you can see, we have prepared communion.
And I think it is so fitting that we end off tonight by celebrating the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Because you know what? You can walk with the wise. You can pray for wisdom till you are blue in the face. And you can make as many decisions as you want for this year if they do not come from a space of actually knowing Jesus intimately, personally, for yourself, then it's useless. We celebrate communion because Jesus is alive, he is well, he is not in a grave, and he actually has good plans for your life. He does have a divine direction that he wants to take you on so that you can love him better, know him more, serve better in the church and make an impact in the city. And it starts with the person, Jesus. I'm going to say that again. It starts with the person, Jesus. So I'm going to invite you to stand with me. We're going to end off our time together by celebrating Jesus. He is the reason why we get to walk with the wise. If you consider the person next to you wise, it's because Jesus has actually done something in their life. It starts with Jesus, and that is why we celebrate communion. So I'm going to pray for us. We're going to enjoy a time of communion. You can help yourself. We have tables in front. There's one there in the middle and at the back, if I'm correct. Take a moment. Celebrate what Jesus has done in your life. Celebrate what Jesus has done in your life. And because of that, we can walk. Because of Him, we can ask. And because of relationship with Him, we can decide to make decisions this year that will enable us to love Jesus better. One last thing before we go into a time of worship. I really had such a strong sense on my heart just for community tonight. I mentioned it in my preach as well. But friend, friend then, if you're serious about following Jesus better this year, please connect to a community group. Connect to people around you that can help you in that process. And for that process, I've nominated myself and my husband, Neil. He's in front here. We have a whole bunch of leaders here as well, but we're going to hang out in front right here after the service. And I want you to come and speak to me. I want you to come and speak to Neil and say, help me connect to a community group because that is one of the best decisions that you will make this year in your pursuit of Jesus is to connect to people that can help you in that relationship. So we're going to be here in front. You know what I look like. Come and speak to me. Come and ask me, how can I get connected? I would love to meet you. I would love to hear your story. And I would love to see you make decisions this year that will help you love Jesus better. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that you enable us for all things that we need, Father, to better love you, to better serve you, and to actually make an impact in this city. And Jesus, I want to pray for my heart. I want to pray for every heart here tonight, Father. The hearts that long to hear your voice this year. The hearts that long to actually enjoy reading their Bible this year. The hearts that, that desire to hear your voice. The hearts that desire to actually hear you speaking with them this year, Father. We pray that it will be so. That we would be a people that walk. That we would be a people that ask and that we would be a people that decide, that actively pursue you in relationship, Jesus. May it be so for the year 2020.
Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Make sure that you get connected to this family on mission by joining us at one of our Sunday services.